0: Hello, I'm Roger Baker, Executive Director of the Stratfor Center for Applied Geopolitics at RAIN. This podcast is brought to you by RAIN Worldview, the premier digital publication for objective geopolitical intelligence and analysis. Find out how RAIN can help you stay ahead of global events at rainnetwork.com. You're listening to the Essential Geopolitics Podcast, the number one essential geopolitics podcast on Apple Podcasts. Welcome. I'm Emily Donahue. Pakistan is one of the most fascinating countries in the world, especially in the past few years. Political scandals, major environmental disasters, and serious financial difficulties have plagued the country. But 2022 is not yet over, and nor are the political imbroglios. Imran Khan, the former prime minister who was ousted from office several months ago, is marching to the capital in Islamabad, along with thousands of his supporters. Along the way, Khan has been shot, accused Pakistan's leadership of being involved in the shooting, and called for new elections, even though technically he's banned from holding office. If that seems like a lot, fear not. Ekta Ragawanshi is here to sort us out. She's Reign's South Asia analyst. Ekta, welcome back. Hi, Emily. Now, Let me ask you this. Why is Imran Khan leading a march to Islamabad?
1: Oh, yes. Happy to answer it. Also, I I just would like to say we do not have enough time to talk about Pakistan and what's happening in Pakistan. I'll do my best to unpack things today and talk about the march itself and the politics in Pakistan. Uh, So you you gave us a very good summary of what has happened in Pakistan uh, over the year. Imran Khan was ousted from office in April but since then he has continuously criticized the government who's now in power as well as the military in the country that they conspired against him to remove his from the office unjustly and all of that. On October 28th he launched the long march which he, which he calls it to demand for early elections in Pakistan. Just to remind everybody Pakistan is scheduled to go to elections in the next year in august or september or october of next year but he is calling for early elections because he thinks he was unjustly removed from the office he has held multiple rallies over the past few months to build his momentum uh, politically just to gather popular uh, support to his cause. There is a feeling that he, he in fact has the backing of larger population in the country and if the elections were to happen now, he would in fact win those elections. Many, many people in Pakistan and outside Pakistan think that. Amid the uncertainty with this outcome of this march, uh, there was an alleged assassination attempt on on Imran Khan, which further riled his supporters. And it immediately led to protests in several cities, which and that led to closures that led to some kind of uh, some level of violence and has been affecting public life in Pakistan, in those cities especially. Imran Khan did use this to further target the government as as well as the military in the country. He outrightly came out and said it was the Prime Minister, the Interior Minister and a serving military general who were in fact responsible for this assassination attempt. Of course, he has no evidence to prove this. So the government of the day is in a tough spot. Early elections to prevent large-scale political violence could be could very well lead to Imran Khan's victory. And Imran Khan's rhetoric uh, and his perception of public opinion, I think, is more important to watch in the coming days because that will dictate what will happen before the assassination attempt it was rumored that there are like negotiations happening between the army and imran khan and maybe the government to reach for an uh, negotiated settlement to see if they could really hold elections early elections or what date could be feasible or things like that but after the assassination attempt and imran khan doubling down on the military there is no clarity of of where those negotiations if they were happening, where where that stands. From what I see currently, there there is, of course, a host of possible outcomes and also uh, confusions about what this this march is going to achieve. But to prevent the large-scale violence, a major military crackdown is not impossible, which could then compel Imran Khan to pause or abandon the movement for, for the time being. He could again come back to this. Or a military coup, which still remains the least likely outcome in Pakistan so far, uh, but Pakistan has had multiple military dictatorships uh, rules uh, as recent as 2008. So we cannot also completely write it off. There are, therefore, there are these number of problems that again to to just compound all of this, as you mentioned in the introduction, Pakistan is absolutely riling under a severe economic crisis Uh, people are concerned about it defaulting in December if it misses a major major payment in December bond payment in December so all those problems will compound together and and yeah it's a recipe for disaster at least politically in Pakistan.
0: Ekta you say that it's a recipe for disaster Before we get to that, can we talk a little bit about why exactly Imran Khan is going after the government,
1: what he is trying to accomplish? It's a straightforward answer. He or he thinks that he has the public backing. He believes that he was unjustly removed from the post of prime minister back in April, and he wants to have free and fair elections in the country because he thinks he will win and he will be the prime minister again.
0: Pakistan's politics are noted for their volatility and even violence. How do you see this whole movement affecting Pakistan's politics or political situation going forward?
1: Oh, it's that that is I think the main question here. The periods of volatility or instability in Pakistani politics is not new. Uh, many of our readers would be familiar with all of these not not these but similar kinds of events in pakistan uh, just to give a little bit of background pakistan has a system of hybrid rule wherein the government is elected through democratic process but it is the military or establishment, as it is called in Pakistan, which has almost complete control over some domains like foreign policy, like security, security structures, which also and military also has interests in several parts of the economy or several industries, economic industries. This this unwritten separation of powers, which has very, very fuzzy lines in Pakistan, has been the most important reason why Pakistan has not had a functional democracy till now. Pakistan has only had like two democratic transitions. However, no prime minister has ever finished his or her term in Pakistan in its like 75 plus years history. Imran Khan was removed by a no confidence vote, which many hailed as a victory of constitutional principles back in April. Uh, But the underlying fact remains that Imran Khan had fallen out of favor with the military, which was the main reason why he lost the vote or why there was a vote in the first place against Imran Khan. This moment in Pakistani politics now where we have this hugely populist nationalist leader Who seemingly has uh, popular support behind him, Imran Khan, is directly challenging the authority and the power of the military. While it cannot be ruled out that, of course, he could mend the relationship with the army going forward, it is a question for the military that has long controlled Pakistani politics directly, indirectly, through various levers that it does, uh, whether to take chance with Imran Khan i see this as a major political uh, time in pakistani politics which could lead to certain changes in how things work in pakistan or it could lead to certain uh, changes in the established or even not so established norms norms of governance in the country uh, military i think has not seen such a level of challenge in recent times there uh, everybody in and around the government outside Pakistan knows that military is, is holds the most power in, in Pakistan. That is why I think the outcomes of whatever happens with Imran Khan, wherever he ends up in six months or whatever time, it could really change maybe the, the, the system of how things are done in Pakistan. But sadly for Pakistan, political instability uh, is not going to end soon since there are other variety of issues like economic crisis, like controversial political or legislative reforms, corruption in the governments that will continue feeding this, this political instability in the country.
0: Hector Ragowanchi is a geopolitical analyst with rain. She focuses on South Asia. Thank you, Hector. Thank you, Emily. You can read her work in RAIN Worldview, our risk intelligence app for professionals, and in our consumer publication, which offers objective geopolitical analysis and intelligence covering the global landscape. Find out more about RAIN's industry-leading risk management tools and support, including RAIN Worldview, at RAINNETWORK.com. That's R-A-N-E-Network.com. I'm Emily Donahue, and thank you for listening.